0: i dreamt that i was with the devil below in his great deep fiery hall where the devil was giving a ball i checked my coat and hat and started gazing at the merry crowd who came to witness the show and i must confess to you there were many
1: there
2: i knew hello hi that the devil Welcome to Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. This is episode 66 of Dispatchist, The Gift of Satan.
1: Is it really?
0: 66?
2: I know. It's funny
0: how we didn't plan this at
2: all. In 600 more episodes, that'll be significant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got time. Yeah, Yeah, for those of you following
0: along at home... Check to see you and skip forward, see if you can find this one in the future. It should take ten years.
1: I find that shocking that it's sixty-six. Because I guess, yeah, that makes sense, because we've been doing this for just over two years, right? And
2: and the last episode was sixty-five. Allegedly. Oh, okay. You, know, okay. It's real, all falling into this, place the real, now. <laughs> the real trick there.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it has been a while. We've done it. This has been a sort of little mini mini vacation, sometimes accidental vacation for us. So it's been a it's been a few.
1: It has been a few.
2: With me this week are my co-hosts, Jamin. Hello! And Victoria. Hi! And I'm Jacob.
1: Yes. Hello! Yes, you are. Uh!
0: <laughs> what is that I'm even? I'm sorry, I'm a little what punchy. Is, what does
1: that even mean?
0: <laughs> I mean, wait a second. Last time she denied your existence and you got uppity. Now she acknowledges your existence and you sound confused. I Come could, on. I can't Pick be one.
1: It's true. I tried to deny his existence three times.
0: <laughs> it's like a, a reverse bloody Mary. You, you go in the bathroom, you turn the light off, and you're like, Jacob's not here, Jacob's not here, Jacob's not here.
1: <laughs> and then Jacob doesn't appear. Wait, it's really where, weird.
0: Where'd he go? <laughs> I, I just feel like I would be in Victoria's oh. restroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be that would be weird. Um that yeah. you would be there again. Let's yeah, see. no weirder,
0: no weirder than normal. I mean, I That's have it right. in your restrooms. It's, <laughs>
1: That's true. It's well, have. it's well appointed
0: and small. <laughs> Do you have little, the little rose soaps that Grandma gave you that we can't touch?
1: Um, no, sorry, no, they, her, I touched them.
0: Her, 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 soap <laughs> her soap dish is a tiny
2: diorama about soaps.
1: <laughs> it's true. I it's would, a d- ancient yeah. soap making diorama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I just have to marvel also at Jacob's gay Satan on a gay throne. Yeah, I've been playing with Gay been Gay Eye. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> if that's not a
2: domain that. name, I need to register All All right, right, right now. Second. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I set my AI art thing for Gay Satan on his gay Satan throne. It's sort of like Freddie Mercury on fire.
1: Yes, okay. It is like Bob Goulet meets Freddie Mercury on fire. Yeah,
2: yeah, that. So, on that note, our topic this week is Satan. We've I think we've done a Satan episode in the past, but this is like New Testament JC Satan and beyond.
1: And not, not JC's like the community organization. Is there? <laughs> There's one called the JC.
2: Are you thinking
0: JWs? No, that's my initials. Th- I'm JW. I'm, you're a community organization. That's true. <laughs> did, did anybody bring anything to the party?
1: I brought a drink. <laughs> And Ooh. I guess I've already been drinking it um, <laughs> so I brought a purple Jesus, which is a punch. Have you guys ever heard of purple Jesus Says i
2: don't I don't recall I don't believe so yes it's it sounds fruity
1: it is, and oftentimes I don't know if you've ever been to a progressive drinking party you probably
2: <laughs> is that when you progressively drink more.
1: Yes. So essentially, like... Yes. yes. I have been to that party. So each person or each room or house uh, has a specific, has a signature drink. And so I remember when I, when I lived in Jester and as an undergrad, we would have progressive drinking parties and people would make this.
2: The most depressing dorm in the world.
1: It really, (laughs) let me tell you, it used to be a lot more depressing and a lot more, uh, there was a large criminal element, let's say, um, but Was I will it tell you? you about the drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never Let's talk. Let's talk about the drink. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Anywho. So, Purple Jesus Punch. 12 ounces of Everclear. Oh. 12 ounces of vodka. Ugh. One quart Fruit Punch. Oh. One bottle of 7-Up. Fizzy. 7-Up. Uh-huh. One can oh. of cherries, which I think they actually mean like a jar of maraschino cherries, Ew, is my guess.
2: It's got solids.
1: <laughs> well it's kind of a, a what is it? Um colloidal mixture.
0: <laughs> Ew. Right, right, right. You don't want your cherries in solution.
1: No. You want no. them
0: to be particulate.
1: <laughs> so more pr- particulate.
0: Suspended like my academic That's career.
1: That's right. Yeah. Preci- One cup of grapes and one cup of apples, uh, chopped, I'm assuming. And so you add all the ingredients into a large punch bowl and refrigerate for 24 hours. Then enjoy your drink. So it doesn't say that you pour it in any cups or anything. So I think you just hand around the punch bowl. But they do have a warning, as you may imagine. Refrigerating this drink for 24 hours prior allows the fruit to absorb the alcohol. So be aware of how much fruit you eat. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) That's the only concern, is how alcoholic the fruit is.
0: You should really be aware of how much fruit you eat on a daily basis. Fruit is bad for you because of... It absorbs alcohol. Well,
2: I brought some entertainment. Okay. Oh. Yes. Being swallowed by a towering and depraved, all-consuming, one-snouted, gnawing dog, our noses turned into a pack of devils, along with the treacherous...
1: Okay, so let me parse this out.
2: Right. There, first, <laughs> so, first, there's the one snouted dog. Not a, snout.
1: Which is a dog.
2: Right. <laughs> it is a, it's a very large dog.
1: Okay. One snouted large dog. Our noses turn turned to bevels?
2: Yes, our nose turn turned
0: into a pack of devils.
1: Oh, devils. pack of devils. I thought you said bevels. <laughs> uh, my nose is
0: a little bit beveled as is. No. You'll notice.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, okay.
0: Most
2: are. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and then this is a punishment that we share with the treacherous.
1: Well, that makes sense. But
2: but we are the treacherous. No, I'm I'm not. I'm 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 I'm, in the, I'm I'm from the circle of vainglory.
1: I think I'm a. What would I be? What is vainglory again?
2: Uh, boastful pride. I figure okay. that's where podcasters go.
1: I think you're right because yeah, it takes a lot of hubris to do a podcast. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I and not I much say. else. <laughs> it's true. true. It's true. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. What about you, Jamin?
0: I got ghost pepper chicken ramen.
1: Oh, you made it or bought it?
0: I bought it. It was on, okay. on the shelf. Yes. Um, it specifically the warning label had a three-part warning. It was like, be careful, this is hot. Mm-hmm. Like, one, be careful, this is spicy hot. Two, make sure you record yourself eating these noodles. And three, post to your favorite social media and tag us Ghost Pepper Ramen. I, I had one. I thought it was Chicken Ramen. Right. I think the worst
2: I'd say about it is I couldn't feel my face afterwards.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: Did you record yourself? No, I had no face.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I like it's like, <laughs> hey, guys, be careful. Take selfies.
1: It's kind of like the like the don't eat the fruit or be mindful of how much fruit you eat. Exactly. <laughs> That's not the point.
2: I'm wondering about how you'd take a selfie while eating ramen.
0: Be messy. Yeah. I really don't know if they thought this through. I think they're more like, hey, guys, social media is the best marketing. What if we just ask people to eat our noodles and blog
1: mm-hmm. and tweet mm-hmm. and, and
0: swear? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you? There's a show entirely about people, eat, celebrities eating hot sauce. Yes, yeah, I saw yeah, it. It was yeah, good.
2: Yeah. Actually, it was kind of hot engaging. Hot ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that show. That was fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they just they just progressively try and maintain their composure uh-huh. and weep quietly into their napkin. Ooh, it's a progressive. Kind
1: of it is pretty good.
0: Progressive salsa party.
1: Yeah. Ooh, that's a good idea. Mm. No, that's a terrible idea.
2: I've seen the show. (laughs) Before we get started on our topic of the day, do we have any hell news?
1: Well, I I just have a mention, a shout out, uh, if anybody's interested in funding some activism. So the Satanic Temple is raising money for a the uh, band Satanic Planet, who, who headed by Lucian Greaves, who is the um, founder, or one of the founders. I don't think he's—is he the sole founder? No, he's he's unco founder.
2: There was a co-founder. co-founder yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: of uh, the Satanic Temple, and, and so and the
2: co-screamer of Satanic Planet.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, we saw them briefly at SatanCon. Yes. Um. But this is all in response to Christian missionary musician, John Voigt, um, who has a Let Us Worship concert tour, which is already uh, he's already been playing Capitol buildings of several states. So Satanic Planet is raising money so that they can have a Let Us Burn concert tour where they also will play Capitol buildings.
2: Right. So. They, they can't sell tickets because it's a it's a public venue.
1: Exactly. So. so if you want to uh, support this, just look for don't j- just go to donate this. Sa- they say donate the satanic org and you can find a link to where you can provide satanic planet with funds to continue their work. And they're about loudly. A,
2: they're about up to a third of their $15,000 goal, which I think is a very low ball goal for a, a really band a band tour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a, a world to, well, a, capital tour yeah i mean at least the venues are free but still it's a lot of logistical money
1: Mm -hmm. and i guess i don't know maybe they uh maybe they are just sleep on people's couches yeah i don't
2: know their first planned show stop is indiana uh august 12th so if you're in indiana and want them to appear in in a strange vision in your capital then by all means donate
1: wow i wonder if Hmm. we could get them to come to austin seems like a good place I mean, it's already, like, hot as hell here. But um bum ching
2: Yeah. I mean, the amount of black they wear, i maybe discourage them.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is a really hard time for Goths.
0: It is. It is on some. Put out levels. some
1: water, a little, some shelter.
0: Yeah. Leave a, leave a can of water on your back, Stoop, for the Goths at night.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <They> <laughs> maybe put some soap. ice in it. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: <laughs> and
2: some some fruit punch. And
0: yeah, leave some alcoholic cherries <laughs> in right. a jar.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Can we have a digressive tour?
1: Oh, sure. What would that look like?
0: This podcast. You never actually <laughs> get to the point.
1: I think we already do that. No, yes. Just no, nobody's giving us money to do it.
2: So from the Guardian, younger Bretons more likely to believe in eternal damnation.
1: You mean Britain? Britain?
2: I don't know how to say it because it has retained.
1: How about we say Brits?
2: Okay. We could uh, (laughs) could say that. Okay. 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 (laughs) Um, So they had a nice little line graph in this article that showed that like in 1981, uh, pretty much everybody's all age demographics were clustered around 27% believing in hell. And then by 2005, they had gone up to 30%. And right now it's kind of all over the place, but Jen, the, the, Millennials and Gen Z are approaching like 32 to 33%. And everybody is everybody else is kind of lower on the graph of Satan belief. I hmm. mean, and Satan is... Uh, Satan. Uh, the UK is kind of not very religious. Only like 25% identify as religious. So it's a little odd that higher numbers believe in hell than are religious. But there hmm. you go. People are funny.
1: Well, I feel like, I mean, during the... uh trump years there was a rise in people who identified as wiccan and who were actually doing some spell casting <laughs> interesting so the, the gop fear about you know witches was kind Weird. of true you know,
0: weirdly self-fulfilling so jacob and i both linked this article from different sources i don't think either of us read the article i did. We found
1: as is this your way no I'm just kidding i know you guys read
0: Teasing. I take that I colored in the margins. I read the uh, articles. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um we found another back door to hell.
1: Oh yeah. And this yeah, one's in Mexico. Yet. Okay.
0: And it's it's a it's a religious complex. It's been well, it's an old complex. It's been discovered, but in the eighteen hundreds, or possibly the eighteenth century, one of the two, um, Spanish priests. Investigated this because of local legends. This was the back door to hell, and they walled everything up. They sealed everything up. Because it was a door to hell. Right, 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 right. Which did two things. One, 1674. Made it... Actually, this is very so, old. Old door 17th to hell. century. Yes. I'm a podcaster, not a mathematician. No,
1: I just think it's neat. I think it's neat. This goes back so far. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it goes all the way back to hell. But it did two things. It made it A, incredibly difficult. To research in the future because they did a really good job sealing everything up. Right. And two, kept everything preserved because it kept all the nerds out who wanted to go in and steal the fancy trinkets. Well, some of the articles Mm. said it was like a 90 mile deep cave complex, which Uh, that's what the missionaries said. That's what the missionaries said.
1: I just have to point out that I love that. At least one of those articles is in Popular Mechanics. Right, Popular <laughs> Mechanics.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, because they had a, they they found a technical solution. They like did like sonic probing of the yeah. of the underground to figure out where this like void was. They found this anomalous void underneath the place that matched up with the legends they were researching. So they used tech to confirm the legend. But even so, they did not go into the cavern to hell. Yeah, we still
0: haven't opened it because I mean, there, there is no what plan. if there is no plan to. Yeah.
1: Fearing that this was a literal backdoor to hell, the missionaries reportedly had underground labyrinths sealed off. This is fascinating. It's a um, good article. Maybe we, I mean, maybe we should try to sell, you know, get Popular Mechanics's audience. Should start tagging them. Maybe we should books. like start
0: crowdsourcing like a crowbar. Hey guys, yeah. let's open the wall. Crowdfund the dispatches expedition.
1: I was yes. going to say like, Maybe we should get, you know, some of our buddies from other podcasts to go with us, like uh, the Satan, you know, and this
2: is this is going to be a movie. It's going to be a comedy horror in the style of like <laughs> 90s comedy horror.
1: I think that would be awesome. Um, we could get Drew to come draw it. <laughs> yeah. Or no, he, he writes. He doesn't do the draw. He could be he could create he could write a comic book about our adventure into a half, hell. A half
2: dozen podcasters that make fun of hell and the devil go on a voyage to the open gates of hell. What, what could go wrong? miles under the earth where they, find, <laughs> where they find gay
0: Robert Goulet, Queen Satan waiting for them. <laughs> Some I things mean, are locked away for a reason. So I guess.
1: <laughs> oh, it could be worse. Um, yes. I think that takes us for
2: our topic for the day, which is, Kinda Satan two point oh, yeah, yeah. We've spent a fair amount of time on Satan one which is like the Book of Job Satan, and uh, this is this is more Jesus as Satan and the Satan we've kind of been inherited after that fact. So it's nice yes. to get iteration, yeah. Nice to get into the early medieval pre modern modern
1: Satan. But isn't there some period where you ask these questions of like why is to... oh no it's I know what it is this is actually during. Passover where the, the question of how is tonight different from other nights? You know what I'm saying?
0: I, I thought I did. Not a <laughs> clue. It sounds deep, though.
1: Anywho, I'm going to, to frame this akin to this uh, religious ritual question that I cannot remember the source of. But how is this Satan different from other Satans and why is he in the New Testament?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that question. I think we'll need to talk about the influences of this particular Satan, but I would like to kind of focus on, yeah, what, what makes the Satan the special Satan? I think we can say, how do we define our Satan today? Our current Satan hates God, hates humanity, kind of the enemy of God. He's the chief of devils like the, or the head Satan of the Satans. He's, he's kind of bound as a part of his mythology, particularly in like this period in the Middle Ages as well. These are things that kind of come together. Uh, he, from his previous myth, he was kind of the adversary, like the civil servant Satan that would uh, run around looking for people that weren't like on good terms with God and
0: push them away from God to test them. Uh, right. The the adversary and the oh, uh, and the, the tester. There's a fancy word for it. I just lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where where like Job, the Satan, the adversary, then was. Someone who was testing the strength of Job to see how strong he was, not necessarily to bring him to a point of failure. Right. And that Satan kind
2: of flitted all over the earth. He's based on these um, eyes of the king ideas that the. Uh, these servants that served the, the imperial king at the time, who would kind of be his eyes all over the place, uh, Satan was able to move, move here and there, move up to the heavens. He was part of the divine council, so presumably had full access to all of the ups and downs, uh, which is not the case with later Satan.
1: I would also argue that Satan was not the bad guy in Job.
2: <laughs> no, no, the bad guy. No, hundred yeah. percent. Job's friends were the bad guy in Job.
1: And you know, oh, yeah, yeah, God. yeah, had some <laughs> some
2: things to own up to as well.
1: Um. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this is where. I don't know, like there's the Satan in the New Testament has, I know this is kind of a dumb statement, but has everything to do with Christianity's project that continues to this day.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a threat that they have to like kind of, he's the problem that they're proposing themselves as the solution for.
1: And also he represents the human resistance to Christianity. Huh
2: i I guess I would it, argue i th- in the sense that everything that's resistant to Christianity is of the devil i I feel you're yes. right and human yeah. right yes. right, right, so again anti God and that yep. was not mm-hmm. his role before he was a servant of God, just an unpleasant servant of god right so-
0: wasn't it the there was whereas like if you had said hmm, what was it like those of the Jewish faith would say, no, Satan is not evil, Satan is subservient right uh, he's a butt he's a butt
2: yeah, yeah. but he's god's butt Ha! <laughs> huh. i could have phrased that better i suppose let's um, let's okay keep it.
0: let's let's roll with it okay
1: so where shall we go from here i feel like we have yeah we, we we all have some thoughts we all have some thoughts on this and where do we start with I'm, our thoughts? I'm
2: going to start in Greece because that's right around the time of the important.
1: Okay. Go for it.
2: So Greece brings in the word the devil. Uh, di- 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 diabolos. Yeah, Diabolos. Uh, and that starts to create an, an entity that is separate from demonkind and above demonkind. What is the definition of Diabolos? Devilish. Thanks, Jamin. Uh, it's a game in which a two-headed top is thrown up and caught with a string. I hated that game. And it whistled, too, in midair. Oh, better, better definition. Prone to slander, accusing falsely. So, a false accuser as opposed to the accuser. So, we get some negative slanting right there. And as you go forward from the Hebrew Bible to Greek translations and the New Testament... Uh, the word Satan and adversary and the devil kind of start to conflate back and forth, and it's hard to know who's anybody's talking about at any one point in time. So Satan starts to be not a class of entities, but starts to be a singular Satan, one singular sensation. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh!
2: <laughs> but we also have in the Greek period, we have. We have the idea of hell kind of developing from Tartarus, you know, this un- infernal realm where people are judged forever and tormented forever. That's a useful concept. And that starts to take away from, and in fact, entirely eliminates the Hebrew Sheol concept. It replaces it entirely with this kind of tormentomatic place. Uh, and that kind of progressively changes over the next few hundred years. We get away from a non punishing underworld to a punishing underworld.
1: Hmm. Mm hmm.
2: And they also bring the concept of Hades, the entity, uh, into the mix. This is kind of the underworld god. But he's an interesting contrast to, I think, the previous Satan, uh, kind of in line with Seth from the Egyptian pantheon, in that he's kind of an introvert god. He's away from mainstream politics. He lives under the ground, far away from the heavens. And that creates some disharmony. But that's very in keeping with Satan as we see him in that he's, you know, far from God is his primary location and problem.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think <laughs> a lot of this uh, another shift is you said you know, we had the old, the old underworld, the old afterlife was the dry and dusty, just kind of like this is where people go afterwards and again, yeah. it wasn't punitive. No, it's the storage, now that, storage yeah, unit. Storage. Now we have something which is punitive which kind of It leads me to ask, which came first? The concept of a rewarding afterlife for the good or the concept of a punishing afterlife for the bad? Well… Did we say, bad people go to hell, therefore, something good has to happen to the good boys and girls?
2: So, we, we talked about this a little bit in our kind of Jewish afterlife episode three or four ago. Uh, There really wasn't quite as much emphasis on the bad side of things. That was really more reserved for foreign people that have done our religion wrong, like almost enemies of the people. Bad people and slanderers could go there, but that wasn't like the main rhetorical thrust of that particular hell. Um, It was more an apocalyptic threat. But since the Great Reward was after Shale, um, Shale was a storage unit until such time as the Millennium rolls around. Hmm. Uh, so, I, th- I feel like the reward is almost definitionally after the punishment here.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like, well, when did the concept, whoa, it's, when was the millennium really formalized?
2: The Zoroastrian influence in Judaism brought in the kind of Persian dualism where you had this good versus evil fight that would eventually end the millennium. Uh, resolve itself in favor of good and all the bad people and the followers of the bad God would end up burning in a lake of fire forever. So again, that's kind of, that's at the millennium, but I think that as it got interpreted through the second temple, 300 to 100 ish, I think it depends on who you ask and when you ask. Sometimes it feels like the judgment for the bad people is more immediate, but otherwise it's kind of another place that you could go instead of the the reward later on. Again, this is kind of after the millennium. But from Persian dualism, we get the idea of a god of evil, which is unusual as a concept. And not really a god, but kind of a god. (laughs) Uh, I guess we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But this was when the idea of a god of evil came up. And Satan is not really the god of evil, but... It kind of is depending on how soft your dualism is during that particular religious phase. Yeah. So these two things kind of pool together to start making Satan 2.0. In the Book of Enoch and some of the intertestamental stuff, we start getting the idea that Satan is the king of devils or that Sataniel or Azazel or Belial is the king of devils. But we have the idea of the king of devils, and that's a useful concept that becomes... The devil, king of demons, king of devils—I don't know which I'm saying. Right. So okay. those are a lot of the things that kind of bring us to the gates of Satan
0: 2.0. Okay.
1: And then I have that weird uh, Bartholomew questions of Bartholomew thing. That is another piece of apocrypha from that time that we haven't talked about. But um, so the intertestamental period, or Deuter- it's also called the Deuter- Deuterocanonical period. That's the period of time between the events of the proto canonical books and the New Testament. So it covers about 400 years and uh, to the appearance of John the Baptist. And so it's the second, it roughly maps on the Second Temple period and encompasses the age of Hellenistic Judaism. And then we have the patristic period as well. And that's when we get um, patronizing. (laughs) We get <laughs> You don't know the half of it,
2: yeah
1: because uh, we are now talking about essentially the creation of um, a whole lot of uh, theological ideas, and um, the main focuses are Christianity's relationship with Judaism, the establishment of the New Testament canon, the apologetics uh, oh, okay. Christian apologetics. So that
2: means that we're post-biblical at this point.
1: Post. We are
0: post which biblical.
1: It goes from post the biblical. From yeah, it goes from 100 to uh, 451, essentially. But uh, the, I, the important theological ideas of this period that I think help help us think about Satan and the devil. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's in my mind the devil at this point is completely is considered completely in relief against jesus and the formation of this kind of strong christianity and this kind of um unrelenting <laughs> christianity where anybody who is against the idea or does not believe that jesus is the word the logos is therefore Aligned with Satan. There's okay. nothing in between.
2: So yeah, we're starting to get that's like church fathery stuff. And we yeah, that to- sounds mm-hmm. very
0: Spanish Inquisition. Well, that'll happen soon.
1: <laughs> it's true because this is where I mean the apologists like Justin Martyr, who uh, is one of my. The best names ever, <laughs> and we have origin. Oh, Justin! I think you're. <laughs> I think big things are in store for you in the future. <laughs> oh, 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 ma! Um, and and uh, Saint Augustine is a little later, but he also is kind of like in this kind of squishy period, and a lot of the ideas that he runs with and ter- makes weird
2: <laughs> <let's> start here. <laughs> runs with and makes weird.
1: He makes them very weird. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from in a lot of ways, is just kind of the historical fact of Christianity becoming this thing where Jesus is not here to make friends.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like that's like uh, Testament Nicodemus right there. We kind of, well, let's look at what Jesus had to say about Satan just briefly. Uh, yes. Let's look at that. Super brief. Satan and the devil and demons, they do not make big appearances in the Old Testament and the Hebrew Testament. It's not that big a thing, but they sure are important in the New Testament and Jesus's time on Earth. Jesus, more than any of his other miracles, was an exorcist. Very hands-on, tactile approach to dealing with Satan. Out. Out, damn spot. Um, Sorry, lady. No, no, no. Beth. Yeah, different, different period. So, Satan is like all – well, Satan or the devil is kind of all over the New Testament. And Mm -hmm. I was reading Satan and the Problem of Evil from the Bible to the early church fathers. I'm showing a picture here. It's got a snake on it. Oh, yeah. The word Satan is backwards, so it's natas.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
2: That was a really good book. He kind of leans into the – Capital S Satan versus lowercase s Satan. I think he probably leans, I think he probably aims for Satan being a more general term than maybe it is to some other writers. But it's really hard in the New Testament to figure out if they're talking about um, get thee behind me, capital S Satan, like Bob Satan, or whether we're talking about get thee behind me, tempter and obstacle, lowercase Satan. And it mm-hmm. really goes back and forth. Like Satan appears in the form of some little birdies in one of the parables. And is it Bob Satan or is it little Satan's? It's very hard to say. But with the presence of the devil in a lot of the translations, I think that whether or not Bob Satan appears, we are getting towards a singular central Satan mm. figure. Whether or not mm-hmm. his name is Bob Satan or Samuel Satan which is more common um, than Bob. You know, I don't know. It's a very transitional period.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's one time where I think some some church elders are uh, challenging Jesus, and they say that he casts out demons by the power of Beelzebub, and Jesus responds, "How can Satan cast out Satan?" So yeah.
1: mm-hmm. that's a
2: good a good moment because we have a capital S Satan, and we can kind of get the idea that Beelzebub is synonymous with that. So, a lot of these kind of Beelzebub, Belial,
0: um... The the member of the pantheon who is not looked well upon. Right, right. The names start to become
2: somewhat interchangeable. And I think that's what you get when you're dealing with a capital D Devil. Names are kind of being consolidated into that entity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was interested in the fact that there's so much exorcism <laughs> happening here. Because the the Pentecost, also, I'd never really understood what the Pentecost is about. But for my... Uh, it's
0: five costs in a row.
1: It's Yes, it is. Um, but that's essentially when, if I'm understanding it correctly, all of the uh, apostles became, they were... Uh, entered by, or the Holy Spirit entered them. And also that meant that they could physically go out and cast out demons. Yeah. So there's a whole, you know, <laughs> there's a, a whole, uh, tradition or, uh, associated with current Christianity, the Pentecost, where everybody is sort of, um, given the power to, uh, physically like a humans are given the power, just like the apostles to go and cast out demons And it's very much to me like the last season of Buffy where all of the potential Slayers are activated. It's sort of what (laughs) happened to the Apostles. (laughs) The,
0: the, (laughs) The last season of Buffy... The Pentecost. I mean, you're not wrong. People are going to agree (laughs) with
2: you.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Well, Jesus cast out demons somewhere between seven and 12 times, depending on how you read things. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was one of his big, big miracles. He didn't resurrect people that many times. He resurrected people like twice, I think, three times if you count himself. Um, Yeah. So that was a major thing. It was also a very common thing for the magi and miracle workers of the time to do, uh, cast out demons and, you know, flight or two other miracles. Um, So if you're kind of looking at Jesus in the context of other miracle workers of the time, then yeah, that was a thing that most people did. It was a thing that was important in like a, a common function of your local friendly neighborhood mage. One unusual thing is that Jesus did not need a ceremony to do it. He just said, go, and they went. So he kind of has some direct lines of power there.
0: Right, we've kind of talked about how ritual magic is important in building rituals and doing magic. And he didn't have incantations. He didn't burn the the fragrant weeds. He didn't do right. the song and dance.
2: Yeah, one, he just spat in his hand and like rubbed that on someone's eye, and they became not blinded. So that really kind of maybe sh- suggests that he is like a divine power on Earth that he's working things like with some direct line to some higher energy. Uh, if you believe the, the, the textbooks.
0: I mean, why else would they write the textbooks? It's
1: true. It's true. Mm-hmm.
0: So, one thing I, I kind of just like, you you know things and you know things and you grow up with things, but you don't put two and two together. So, the Satan, the Shaitan, the adversary, the tester was someone who did things. And then we have the current demons and devils. They're just anti Christianity, the anti-divine army, anti-divine army, but then like the, the legion in the pigs, Mm -hmm. right? So let's set the scene. There's a man who owns some pigs and a demon infects, or uh, what's the word? Possesses. Possesses, and the demon possesses all of them, all the pigs simultaneously, not just one, a pig, Right.
2: The demon's name was legion which you know right. means a, means a thousand which means yeah. many pigs it does mm-hmm. no that would be
1: lots of, lee- of le- pigs
2: lots of pig. poly pork poly- poly- the demon <laughs> the demon demons. polyswinus polyswinus, poly-swinus.
1: Uh. <laughs> right so, so
2: polyswinus <laughs> was possessing one person and Jesus said what is your name and he said you know my name is legion uh, I am the demon of a thousand heavy metal album covers and Jesus Ooh. Jesus said well go out and uh, he said, please cast me into the pigs. So they kind of negotiated back and forth, which I think is kind of done as this discussion with demons happens. And then all the pigs were possessed and ran into the lake.
0: So, OK, if the man had just run into the lake, the same end result would have been, would have been had, right? So. Well, you would have lost the guy. But. OK, <laughs> so the, did Legion survive the enlaking? because all the pigs died so, traditionally,
2: in, in demonology, particularly old pre-Jesus demonology, uh, water could be used to hold and bind things. Solomon's temple had all these, like, brass urns around there filled with water. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like Set you're out dous- for the
0: thirsty goths.
2: Yes, totally that. No, to, to, to it's kind of like you're dousing Keep a flame into the water and the demon is stored there. You could also, like, put a pot of water under your house to draw demons away. So, I think symbolically, the lake is a way to douse the demons and store them and bind them. So now they're lake demons and they're in the lake. You're asking some fine details that I didn't actually have the answers for, I'm just saying what kind of came before that.
0: Okay, so let's, the very beginning, Legion was possessing yeah. a man and also some pigs. Right, yes. Why was this a bad thing? Was he tormenting the man? Was he testing the man? Was he telling him Job stories and boring him to death? Like why was it so bad that he had to be cast
1: out? Well, you see, this, is, this brings up a good question. Because th- there are several several things that I also thought deeply about when I was researching this and reading my very long Hegel's article, or oh, wasn't that long? And um, part of the quest for the historical Satan is that there was a possibility for a lot of satans, right? Right. It, it just there was only one Christ, <laughs> but there was a possibility for a lot of satans, and also the possibility that the Holy Spirit was not necessarily good. So in that transitive property, right, like possession is it does it have to be bad? It all depends on which kind of holy spirit you choose. Do you do you choose the holy spirit that, you know, makes you a slayer or do you choose the holy spirit that um you know, actually you know, you're possessed by a demon.
2: Right. And demonic possession could be more like chickenpox or uh, yeah. The demon could influence you or just bring you bad luck or something. It wasn't always like Pazuzu taking over Linda Blair with Peace Soup Barf. Mm. Um, there was a variety. There were like levels of possession. Some of them were just like, I bumped into demon and now I have the sniffles. Or my mother is possessed by a demon and now she has uh, far right political ideologies that I don't agree with. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, specifically, yeah. the 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 Legion of Possession the man lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with a chain, for he had been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons, and night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So there's some physical empowerment on the part of the demon, but also like some mental health, loss of control of self-sort of stuff as well. And Jesus said, Come out of this man, you impure spirit, and asked Jesus the Legion what his name was. Jesus the Legion said, My name is Legion, for we are many. And Then demon asked him to put him in the pigs and he did. And then the pigs went
0: to the lake and were drowned. Yeah. 2000 pigs.
1: That's a lot of pig.
0: It is. Yeah. So the lake was now ruined with all the swine flesh and the demon. Right. And remember, like the intense fixation
2: on like cleanliness with with, uh, the Jewish religion. So, yeah, that might have messed up the lake for a while, but I think that's not part of the story. Ugh. Except that the pigs were unclean, and that's why they were a good vessel for the demon, I, I suppose.
1: Also, I they're tasty.
0: Guess the pigs were unclean, and, I mean, they were cleaner now because they were laked. C- c- ceremonially clean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Polyswinus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, um,
1: that was a
2: bit of a
0: digression. Oh, <laughs> so, no, but again, yeah. it's like, this Satan was not a a tester, he was not a tempter, he was not someone, how was he actively anti-God in just being this one person, right? I don't know.
1: I will argue, again, um, and I didn't mean that to sound snippy. <laughs> I'm just going to the same horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, I will argue I, snippily. No, just, I don't know. I'm fascinated by less, I'm, fa- I'm less fascinated by the idea of Satan as an entity unto himself at this time, and more about the kind of acrobatics that were going on with Christianity in um, separating itself from Judaism. You know, it, it became this very like embattled. This is, the, yeah, that the, the, like Christianity is, there's a lot of like fighting going on here, yeah. you know, fighting against Judaism, Roman empires, fighting Christians. Right. and So there's just this battle mentality that carries into the language that's, they talk uh, about Satan with, and it's like Satan, right? Like sometimes it's Linda Blair, pea soup, vomiting possession, but most of the time it's just like, Oh, this person does not accept Jesus as uh, the son of God, the true savior. Therefore, that person is possessed by Satan Hmm. and therefore we can punish that person or we could kill that person because they're not following Christianity. And we have, you know, the beginning of like the major tenets of Christianity at this time.
2: Kind of like speaking in favor of of the powers to be at the time when Rome took over the area in like 60 BC ish or so, it was it was horrible. They mm-hmm. they broke down walls, they destroyed the temple, a lot of massacring happened, and they really did kind of rule with an iron fist for the next 100-ish years or so. So, yeah. there was a strong sense of persecution, and it was kind of justified because the, like, Jewish, the short-duration short, short duration Jewish monarchy got kind of taken down in a big, hardcore way by Rome. So, there was an enemy, that enemy was seen in an apocalyptic epic uh, framework of, like, Force of ultimate evil versus the the tribe, the people. That may be why Samuel, who, you know, is one of Satan's main names, is the demon angel of Rome, Hmm. tied very closely to that, as well as being the demiurge or a demiurge, the king of the earth.
1: Okay. So going back to a couple of things that you just said... Yes, yes. Persecution. Persecution's real. Christians suffered immensely. And there's, okay, so thinking about the ransom theory of atonement. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the ransom theory of atonement is? Let's let's pretend that I don't for the sake of the okay. audience. <laughs> Jamin, do you know what the uh, ransom let's, theory is? Let's, I'll just is? admit
0: ign- ignorance. I haven't known a single thing this entire episode.
1: <laughs> okay, so there are two, well, the main, the main idea uh, behind the crucifixion, at least, you know, according to, you know, what we understand of Christianity is that, like, okay, God gave his only son to save the world from its sin, right? Mm-hmm. But the ransom theory of atonement has Satan as a very real character that is demanding a ransom mm-hmm. um, in order to uh, free humans from the devil's clutches. so. Again, this.
2: Oh, king of the world. He'd, he'd, he'd have that authority.
1: Yep, 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 yep. So Satan really has a lot of power in this situation because he's able to collect a ransom, and that ransom is Jesus. So Jesus pay, is paying a debt to Satan to protect us. It's not just simply like this altruistic <laughs> thing, um, it's like an a, a economic exchange of equals, essentially. Is this
2: a little bit Gnostic, just a bit?
1: Well, just a yes, little that, bit that, that I <laughs> that'll be the second part of my rant. Oh, um, sorry, but rant, rant part one uh, B is that in some cases, however, though, the crucifixion is seen more as a metaphor or sort of a symbol of solidarity amongst everybody who has been persecuted. So Christians see in that symbol solidarity or or an understanding of their persecution and their faith. Like they're they're everybody. We're all, if we're all Christians at this time, we're all being crucified. Okay. Which happened, right? Yeah. I
2: think that's, that's actually, that's a good symbol for the time.
1: Yes. Because it's, it's on the box, (laughs) but to the, to the Demiurge and to Gnosticism. Yeah. Like the Demiurge is, uh, it's unclear what that figure is, is it Yahweh? Is it Satan? But it's the creator, it's the King of earth created from the materials of earth. And it's essentially kind of a, in some ways, kind of a golem figure because it is sort of has created this world, but actually doesn't have control over it.
2: Yeah. Well, we get into like, when you get into Gnosticism, you get into these kind of ideas like emanate emanations and shells of entities Mm-hmm. So, like, the further you are away from God, the less pure you are. So, the demiurge is the king of this world. And this world is obviously a very bad place because Rome and Greek cooking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, the king of this world must be flawed and, and depraved. And there must be a higher king, the, the mm-hmm. Prima Mobile. Uh, and that's kind of the, the knowing that king is is what Gnosis or Gnostic Heresies tend to aim for.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Well, that's a, this is another identity of Satan. It's the the idea of Satan as the king of this world, and that is a fairly Gnostic idea. I think it's one of the reasons why Samael is like Satan's most common proper name. Um, like that's that's Bob Satan is, is Samael, uh, who appears either riding or as the serpent of the Garden of Eden. Uh, he's a special case. <laughs> The enmity of Satan with God is kind of an important marker of Satan 2.0. I think you get some of that in Enoch where you have uh, God's, or the fallen angels kind of rebelling against God's order and teaching secrets that they were never supposed to teach. Mm-hmm. So, you get misbehaving angels that are working against God's um, supremacy, God's rule. And that's, that's one of the reasons why they had to be kind of put down in Tartarus. And from there, I think you start to get, with with the Persian idea of, like, the anti-God and God, you start getting permission for Satan to seriously oppose God as you move into the New Testament period. hmm And then the apocalyptic battle of good versus evil just kind of plays that out. You see that a lot in Revelations and not so much in Jesus' dialogue, but there's a little
0: of it. You said change. And again, it's like the shift from the Satan as the... Like, the auditor of reality to the enemy of reality. Right. Yeah, jo- Job was really before Persian takeover period. Right, much.
2: It's a myth that predates that.
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: hmm. the, the Hebrew Bible was written during and after the Persian takeover, but you know, the older stories, you kind of see the older stories influencing the newer stories, and Job, Job and that model of Satan are, are older myths. So, let's build a quick bridge to the medieval era. And I want to just nod to Revelations and nod to the Testament of Nicodemus, which you've already done an entire episode on. So, Book of Revelations, um, 150 to 200 AD, so very late in the Bible game. uh, Mm -hmm. It's part of the kind of literature of apocalyptic stuff, which is originally a Hebrew genre, but now it's being used to talk about more of the enemies of the Christian faith, although separating the Christian faith from the Jewish faith at this point is probably a little bit nebulous and difficult. So, the book of Revelations has a great Satan moment in that Satan is bound, which is important to the Satan myth, and cast into the lake of fire. So, God is victorious. Right. Uh, it's got a lot of really neat critters, all of which could be a Satan, but I think Ultimately, Revelation really emphasizes there is a single capital S Satan, possibly by other names, because that entity gets thrown into the lake of fire at the end of time—an idea which is directly lifted from Zoroastrianism, because that's what happens to that's what happens to Angra Mainyu, the god of evil. So this this I think brings together the good versus evil epicness, but also the bound Satan, and that is a very important identity of Satan for the for the medievals in the medieval period
0: and the millennials according to
2: science yeah Satan is defeated Satan is bound he's influential but he's he's tied up right now hmm. and there's there's some versions where he's kind of has the run of the earth still but being on earth is a form of being bound anyway because you're distant from God in that side of creation
1: but he still i mean I don't know. It's complicated as, as I know that's surprising. This is the one thing that's complicated <laughs> in this whole conversation, but in, again, the acrobatics that are gone to, to bind Satan and to show Satan's weakness also show him as being powerful in certain ways, hmm. you know, like being able to offer, if you think about the temptation of Christ, you know, being able to offer him the world, so clearly he has the keys to the world at that point. I mean, it can, maybe it's got kind of like the demiurge sort of situation where that's that's um, you know uh, profane. So it's it's you know it is of course of, of less value because it's the earth.
2: You could have the keys to my 1984 Pinto.
1: <laughs> yes, but it's still something desirous enough, like that Jesus would actually be tempted by it. So that's complicated,
2: there, right? Yeah, there there's the idea in Christian ritual and probably many rituals of the liturgical year where you have all these kind of moments through the year. You have the moment of the harrowing of Christ. You have the Lent period where he's kind of he, Jesus, is in the desert wandering and we are all in the desert wandering. So the cycle mm-hmm. of the Christian year, the stories that you tell over that period, they kind of emphasize that this is these are all things that happened in the past like in the years, you know, 6 BC to 35 AD or so. Mm-hmm. there are also things that happen continually over the course of a year in ritual. They are things that happen metaphorically across the full expanse of time. And the things that are happening like constantly every day. So Satan is bound on Good Friday. Satan was bound by Jesus. And we're kind of cycling, we're memorializing that in an annual cycle. So... It's just Mm -hmm. kind of was then, is now, will be forever next week sort of thing.
0: This feels very much let's try and make a lesson out of everything rather than Jesus lived a hard life and he struggled. Like, why do we have have to say, oh, Jesus lived a hard life and he struggled and now we celebrate Tuesday? Marketing. See, yes, 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 yes. That's
1: one of the things that I have in my... Uh, all over my notes is marketing talking points. It's so important. Like these talking points are so important. And they're, um, not only, you know, the synoptic gospels, they're not only told that story is not it's told four times. Yeah, yeah. And we have just like this recitation of the, you know, you have to believe that Jesus is the son of God. Uh, he was sacrificed for our sins. He was resurrected and, and walked the earth. And we have to believe that he is coming back, you know. And so it's just this recitation of talking points um, that are ritualized, you know, in these yearly celebrations. And, you know, the Christian apologists were, they're the ones who created these talking points. Well, let's, um, let's skip
2: to them then. Who, who, okay. are, who are these... Young sprites we're talking about
1: here—the <laughs> Christian apologists who essentially, like, engaged in—they're um, rhetoricians essentially who set the talking points for Christianity, Christianity, and uh, made arguments for its supremacy. Give me some names um, here. Oh, so we're talking about Origin. Oh. Hmm. Um, okay. He's awkward. <laughs> oh, he is awkward. Um, all these guys are a little weird. Uh, Justin Martyr, hey. my favorite, um, yes. who had that. Uh, let's see. I was gonna make a Justin Bieber joke, but I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I don't even know a Justin Bieber song to make a joke with. Like he has one with like "Baby" in the name, probably. Maybe. Anywho, he's not Justin. I just imagine Justin Martyr with that Justin Bieber hair.
2: Okay, and the tattoos.
1: And yeah, I think that was, I think he's early Bieber. Oh. He's early Bieber. Okay. And.
2: He would be, it's like 300 AD.
1: <laughs> That's true. He's very early. Pre-modern Bieber. Pre-modern Bieber. So, um, just a martyr. And I would argue also we kind of move into a St. Augustine. <laughs> yeah. Stuff it's as hard, well.
2: hard to avoid him. He's kind of the, the like gravitational black hole in the center of things.
1: Yeah. And so when I was talking about the kind of acrobatics that uh, go into this like the talking points or you know the big things that are seem to be the goals of christianity at this time are conversion starts to be a thing mm-hmm. that is now a thing mm-hmm. that has not been a thing
2: right well, it was kind of risky until christianity became a state sponsored religion in like 250 ish or so
1: yeah um but still people were being converted even when i mean and that again goes to the sort of you know, a bad boy right. <laughs> version of Christianity uh, that we started out with. But you've got a conversion, you want to destroy paganism or try to figure out ways to fold it in. There's some interesting wrestling with that. And you want to create and stick to talking points and you want to start fights. This is the fightinest time <laughs> of Christianity. Except for now,
2: am I wrong in suggesting that you've been reading Elaine Pagels?
1: You are not wrong.
2: Okay, I, I've
1: been reading a lot of Elaine Pagels. <laughs> well, I
2: can, I can smell, I can smell it on your
0: breath. You can smell the Pagality. <laughs> yes.
1: But anywho, let's turn um, the Pagel. So, and I mentioned That's earlier, good. but I'm not sure if this got. <laughs> it probably should probably got. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus!
0: Helps us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not podcasters, obviously, but everyone else.
1: No, 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 no. Um, but also there's a, a sense like uh, going back to its talking points, there's a, you know, this try to attempt to make the faith consistent as well.
2: Yeah, because it was really like you have weird spirituality inserted by Paul who's got some sort of like we can all be angels thing happening quietly in the background and all the Gnostic theory the stuff that's there's a free for it was like free for all.
1: Hmm. So you want to you want to rein that in, right? Sure. Good luck. And and so starting, I guess, starting from that, before I talk specifically about some of these dudes wrestling with paganism, so or pagalism. <laughs> but just a little case study, like Hermes was a huge problem at this time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How to bring or how to remove Hermes from the not Hermes the. Well, you'd you need a dehermitifier. Assignment. Oh, damn. <laughs>
0: wow. Wow. <laughs> <So, laughs>
1: I have this under Adventures and Syncretism. But so this this actually goes a little further. Thomas Aquinas. So, Hermetic magic, going back to the idea of uh, exorcism. And I, I think Jamin maybe brought up the fact of like there was a lot of, a lot of you know, there's a lot of magic happening at this time. Right. right? So, Hermetic magic like all these guys just like Thomas Aquinas were well versed in hermetic magic sure so you know things like miracles and healing kind of fit into that so you have these people who are already practicing magic so how do they how do they align that with christianity and you also have this god who has a lot of attributes of christ he's also known as the good shepherd he's a messenger between humans and god's like jesus and he also is syncretized with the Holy Spirit, too. Yeah, it was also incarnated three times. So, you know, we've talked about Thoth.
2: Yeah, it sounds sounds like they've incorporated a lot of pagan ideas into into the Jesus and Satan myth, and then that becomes troublesome.
1: Yes, what do you do? Like, okay, so the um, <laughs> this goes into the, the apologists again and their talking points. They say that these pagan gods actually show the um, glory of the one true God. Of course. And this whole like three, you know, Hermes being uh, incarnated three times sort of goes again into this, uh, you know, foundation of Trinitarian theology. Um, And so like these gods become in service to the glory, the one true God, the one true savior. Hmm. And Augustine also has some line about taking the gold and silver of paganism and using that to honor the one true god yeah. so wow <laughs> you seem really disturbed by that yeah
2: it's like taking you know <laughs> a, a, a fabulous banquet rendering it out to be gravy for your like box mashed potatoes
1: yeah it really is it really is like drinking mountain dew out of a
0: silver goblet. Goblet. yeah <laughs> you're, you're taking you're taking a magnificent banquet You're taking a Uh portion of everything and you're putting it in a blender and you're liquefying it and then pouring that into the goblet. So, essences of everything are included and combined. This is my mother's cooking and it's why I learned to cook. (laughs) So, you're saying if I gave your mother a Subway sandwich that had been put in a blender and made into a smoothie, she would say, I've done this. Uh, If there was kale in it, yes, she would. Mm, A kale Subway smoothie.
1: Brief aside, (laughs) I have a friend who uh, one of her jobs at one point in her life, she worked as a nutritionist in a hospital and her job was to figure out how to blend food for patients who say somebody really, really wanted a cheeseburger, but they couldn't eat a cheeseburger. She would have to figure out how to make a liquid (laughs) cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I imagine this is more difficult than putting a cheeseburger in a
1: blender well i mean that's where you start <laughs> right? You start. Like you, put, <laughs> you start with that and then you realize like yeah this really isn't this isn't appropriate so i think she she learned some tricks and how to make blended solids colloidal colloidal, colloidal cheeseburger <laughs>
0: <laughs> which by the way is the name of our next album
1: Colloidal <laughs> Cheeseburger. <laughs> it's our Frank Zappa tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> so, um so yeah, paganism. Do okay. you want me to talk about Colloidal paganism? Um, colloidal paganism. Making
0: mayo out of <laughs> out of the old gods. As Julia Child said, it's easiest to make old gods mayo if you slightly warm the bowl up first. It's true.
1: Uh let's talk about origin. You want to say anything about how most people recognize origin?
2: I uh, castration no? stories make me nervous. Okay, uh. yes, and
1: it's, it, it, that may not be true. Oh, but whenever I've brought up origin, people say like, "Oh, that's the dude who castrated himself." I'm like, allegedly, <laughs> he did. There's there's drawings of it out there. Um, but it's not entirely clear if he did that. Okay, either. okay. Um, I think he argued vehemently against the fact that people kept thinking he'd castrated himself. Oh, well, huh. Yeah, huh. But so we can thank Origin for the Ransom Theory of Atonement. Okay. He One of his other big hits is that he contributed to the development of the Trinity. And here's the big one that also made him controversial. He believed or hoped to the point of arguing for it that everybody could possibly attain salvation. Again, this is this is theoretical. He was never able to prove this, but he got into trouble because following his argument and, and the fact that he taught this extreme form of, and you're going to have to say this for me, Jacob, or Jamin, apocatestasis. It's A-P-O-K-A-T-A-S-T-A-S-I-S. Pocketostasis? That, is, than, than, that,
2: that is, is not the word I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say what something like the anti-magical. I thought oh oh uh, uh I thought you were going for apocalypcentosis. Which is
1: Apocalypse. Okay. That's different. Yeah,
2: that is the process of becoming a gourd.
1: <laughs> well, hold on. Um hold on to your hats. Um so this idea that I cannot pronounce, it's a Greek word. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say uh Right. Something like that. Okay, we're just gonna go with that. And it held that all beings, including even Satan himself, would eventually attain salvation.
0: Oh.
2: That yes. that feels very kind of um Yeah, not provable. You no, know, it feels like uh like Vedic, like Indian mythology where the afterlife is a process of cleansing and and refining.
1: It's very close to that.
2: I could see why that would make people uncomfortable.
1: Right, right. But this goes again to the idea of predestination versus free will. So if Satan is uh, cursed to eternal damnation, that's all his own doing. So he could actually change through free will and save himself. Um, so, oh. in this, he's not only, he's not just, he's not absolutely reprobate, but he's only morally reprobate. So, he has the power within himself to change and therefore be saved. So,
2: this is interesting. Because like a standard argument that demons can't be saved is because they're spirits, they're immortal, they are not subject to time, and therefore they cannot change. Like, if something was a demon, it's because they are a demon. It's very tautological. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. origin saying that Satan could be redeemed ties into that origin is the origin of the fall of Satan myth. He was yes. he was the guy mm-hmm. that said that the uh, oh Lucifer fallen from heaven story is actually like a real entity and cast Satan as the fall from heaven, take one-third of the hosts figure. That's where mm-hmm. he is the place where this entered demonology. And like revolutionized demonology for the next like thousand years.
1: Yeah, but those yeah. are those
2: are linked stories because both are an immortal spirit that changes. Yeah, huh.
1: yeah, yeah. So it assumes like Satan has a soul. Yeah, Satan yeah. is a Which soul without a body.
0: Rare. There, that makes it easy. <laughs>
1: but it's, it's again like this while trying to simplify and create a strong talking point, it actually introduces some complication. Right, And again, this may also be apocryphal, it may be a misunderstanding of an argument that he was having with um, Gnostic uh, teacher Candidus, but he uh, was, of course, uh, you know, uh, lots of people were consternated <clears throat> by believing, by thinking that he may actually believe this. So Justin Martyr, he was the first to conflate the serpent in the Garden of Eden with Satan, so, we have him to thank for that
2: okay. as well. What's, I feel um, like it was implied in the life and times of Adam and Eve.
1: Right. But it hasn't really been talked about so much until, like, that happened in the Apocrypha, right? Yeah. But it didn't happen in canonical works.
2: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: So, he was the first to kind of put that together. So, bringing the whole idea of Jesus referring to Satan as Satanist. And or Satanas, sorry, his fans are called believers. <laughs> 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 oh, there, I got my joke in. For the first century after the writings of Paul were written, Christians wrote little about the story of the fall or of Adam and Eve more broadly. It's only when um, Justin Martyr and Tatian were uh, writing um, in the second half of the second century that's when the story began to be told in the canonical literature. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So we're starting to see the idea of original sin into the picture.
1: Mm-hmm. And, again, <laughs> this is where it gets weird. No. Okay. <laughs> so the whole idea of original sin. So this was, again, like a whole lot of acrobatics, right? Where does Are humans born in sin or are they just uh, predestined to sin? Is it something that they're born without sin and then through free will decide to sin because our libidos drive us to do that?
0: At
2: some point in time, around like 30 or so, the powers that be started really getting rid of any sort of scrap of pleasure available in this wretched world.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And there wasn't that much. I mean, it was 380.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. There's not a, I mean, apart from like, putting paganism in the blender um, and drinking it uh, like a cheeseburger milkshake.
0: (laughs) I don't know what else you're doing.
1: (laughs) Eating, you know, fishes and wine. Um, But so this is a constant battle where sin comes from. If you're born with sin, this goes into the whole idea of infant baptism, that even children who are you know have not done anything yet are with they're born with sin so you have to baptize them or they go to hell um but also if we're born with sin where does it come from buddha how does that happen eve adam oh so sin because we're all children of adam we are all born with we're born in sin. How does that happen? (laughs) Genetics. Yes, you're very close. So sperm. Oh, right. Sex. Sperm is the cause of original sin. This is a St. Augustine thing. So sin is inheritable because we're all born of sperm, essentially. And the sperm comes from Adam. If we buy that, we're all children of Adam The one person who was not born of sperm is...
0: Jesus!
1: Yes! So he's the only person without sin. Right. But then, yeah, there's the other camp of, Uh. well, everybody's predestined to sin, so this is why you have to fight against every single day. You have to fight a battle with Satan, which goes into evangelical beliefs today where there's this belief that you every single day is a struggle against Satan and religious leaders. They are fighting essentially hand to hand combat with Satan every single day to protect their souls and the souls of their um, cons- their um, parishioners.
2: The Immaculate Conception was actually Mary. Point of order.
1: Yes. But again, but that was there's the, no sperm involved. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's just this picture mm-hmm. of like her mother and Jerome looking kind of startled.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. And again, this is one of those things where it sort of erases uh, women from the whole equation.
2: A little bit, a little bit,
1: a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So that's my rant on the apologist and original sin. Um, Thank you for going on this journey.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's fun. And I got to actually reference Satan during that talk.
1: That was nice. (laughs) Well, I feel like all of this... Like, again, you can't really talk about Satan without talking about Semen. Jesus. and with, with, <laughs> yes, you, can't, you can't make a Satan...
0: <laughs> without breaking a couple um, eggs.
1: Exactly, yes. So I feel like it's all connected. You have to talk about the project of the church in order to talk about Satan. Um, yeah. Before we go, I just want to talk about another important piece of Apocrypha... From this time period.
2: How do you talk to your children about Bartholomew?
1: <laughs> exactly. So we talked about Enoch. We've talked about the Jubilees, but we haven't talked about the question of Bartholomew, which is a New Testament, um, New Testament Apocrypha. Okay. So this is like a tabloid version of some of the things we've already seen. So this was written for a general audience and it was distributed widely. So it wasn't necessarily like a... Um, seen as something that only theologians would have read. Other people who could read on, would on, potentially have read this. On
2: a scale of one to six, how anti-Semitic is it?
1: Oh, you know, that's a very good question. Um, in what I saw, it seemed fairly light oh, on anti-Semitism. Nice. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, who's to say? Um, but it draws heavily on um, Jewish mysticism. Oh, And it works to provide sort of an explanation of the more supernatural aspects of Christian thought, but it also, I mean, it has a lot of like, I don't know, sort of sensational stuff in it. So that's why it was kind of appealed, written to appeal to a, yes, written to appeal to a, a general audience. So, um, so the narrative essentially is, uh, Bartholomew, like I, did I already say this? Um. It's framed as a dialogue from Jesus to the apostles, and uh, this is instigated, like, it's uh, built on a a series of extremely daring and outrageous questions that are posed by Bartholomew, okay?
2: Oh, it's like, never have I ever.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) He just sort of, like, goes for it in some of these questions. So in the first part, Jesus describes how he descended into hell and he answers some other questions. Uh, Some of them are, you know, big picture questions, but some of them are really pretty banal, like, you know, uh, how many souls depart the world daily? And Jesus is like, well, 30,000, you know. So uh, it kind of runs a a span, um, what kind of questions are asked. Then they talk with Mary about the um, conception of Jesus so, she actually gets to speak for herself here, which is rare oh. and interesting. So, she talks about uh, her experiences with that. And then, this is really a good <laughs> moment, the apostles asked to see hell. Yes. And the angel- so, yeah, the, um, the angels roll up the earth like a carpet Wait, to show huh? them. Yeah, it's basically... Yeah, they just yeah. roll up the earth and be like, hey, there it is. And oh. unfortunately... Oh.
2: Do they put it back afterwards?
1: They do. Well, I mean, yeah, and obviously. oh, uh, good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't really get a description. Um, but uh, you know, the, the apostles all uh, pros- prostrate themselves before it, and Jesus is like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't this isn't good for you to see." And so he bid, he makes the angels roll the carpet back over hell again. So um, so essentially, hell is swept under the rug there. Yeah. <laughs> But then, the high point is that Barthol. See, he's getting emboldened, so he asks to see Satan, and the angels drag Beliar up from hell in chains, and the sight of him kills the apostles. Dead. What? They just all yeah, die. Like <laughs> oh, surprise! Uh-huh. You're it's dead. So hideous that That's he sa- dies. That, saves that they time. All die. It really does. But then Jesus brings them all back to oh, life as, as he does, and um, there is a description of Satan. So and and I'm not gonna use I'm not gonna <laughs> use the the measurements here because I am very confused by them. So but uh you know uh Saint Michael um or the angel Michael sounds trumpet, um uh, Beliar comes up, burr, burr, and he's held by Beli Beliar is held by six hundred and sixty angels. And he's bound with fiery chains. Right. And he's huge. I will not tell you how huge. Trust me on this because I do not understand what cubits are. Yeah,
0: a lot of cubits.
2: How many cubits? How many cubits?
1: (sighs) Okay. Okay. There's multiple measurements in multiple texts. Just the height. So, okay. So, the length of him was 1,600 cubits. Right. And let's see. This is the one that I don't understand uh, his breadth was 40 cubits.
0: Because he's skinny.
1: Wait. Now, see, this is where I got confused because there's different versions. <laughs> about a, so half, the length about of him, a half
2: mile tall.
1: Right. So the length of him was 1600 cubits and his breadth 40. Another version says that he was, um, his length was 1900 cubits and his breadth 700, which seems to me a little bit more legit. And one wing of him was 80. Um, His face was like a lightning of fire, and his eyes full of darkness, like sparks in in another version. And out of his nostrils came a stinking smoke, and his mouth was as the gulf of a precipice, and then one of his wings was four score cubits.
2: And the other was like a parakeet wing. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) So he just flew in a circle? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) He just had the one big beefy wing. And then
2: a buffalo Uh... Buffalo wild wing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Were you ever fans of, of, uh, uh, oh, what is the site? Um, Homestar Runner?
0: Yes. Trogdor. It's
1: trogdor with a one big beefy arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's Satan the Burninator with his one beefy wing. Right. <laughs> um, but the funny part about this is they pull up Satan.
0: And he kills fossils them. die. They die. Everybody. They come
1: back to life. All dead. And then. <laughs> Jesus tells Bartholomew to go and stand on the devil's neck, stand on Satan's neck, or Beliar's neck, and he will, he says, if you do that, he's going to tell you everything you want to hear. And then... I love you. (laughs) But then, the funny thing is... Jesus like backs off like, no, 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 go, go stand on his neck. He'll tell you whatever you want to know. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to peace out over here by the dead apostles right now. <laughs> and he has, he keeps pushing Bartholomew to go stand on Beliar's neck. Like it's some sort of like weird prank as he's kind of like in the background with up. Op- and I, no, 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 go, go, go stand on him. Stand on him. I tell you, like, he'll tell you whatever you want. to Point, point of order.
2: On. Isn't divination by demons considered a bad thing?
1: What? Yes yes it's, okay i mean Chance. just checking also jesus probably has a whole lot more power in this situation than Bartholomew, so why is he like standing back with the apostles
2: jesus is just in it for the lulz yeah <laughs>
0: really
1: it's is. it's
0: basically he's like it's like grabbing the tail it's like hey go grab this tiger by the tail you've got him you can do it and you just walk away and laugh at your friends right like, exactly you can't like let go here.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I like Jesus is just in it for the lols. Um, Yeah, he's back there, like, you know, filming it. um, (laughs) Doing a TikTok. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Prank yankers. So, so Satan, so Bartholomew questions Satan on how he deceives men and sort of his story. Turns out, uh, in the Greek version of this, Satan has a son named Salpson. Right. And so, again there's a supposition that Satan and his son might be kind of this counterpart to God and Jesus. But also Salpson could be the Antichrist, he could be a child of the Watchers, or he could also be Cain. So yeah, so Salpson shows up uh, in the Greek version as Satan's son. And then um, there, the last part could have just been tacked on kind of like you know what a lot of scholars think is the deal with Revelations. Um, but... The last section is Bartholomew talking, asking about the deadly sins and as kind of a, similar to Pentecost, the apostles all get a commission to preach and then Christ for real pieces out. Hmm. So, yeah. So that's okay. That. Thanks
0: guys. Bye.
1: The very weird uh, questions of Bartholomew. Okay. Okay. It Thank sounds you. fun.
2: Like I can, I can fun, imagine yeah. we catching on. Well, on that note, I guess we'll look forward to the future and upcoming projects. Victoria, you were working on a series of mini presentations on psychopomps.
1: Psychopomps.
2: And I'm going to be tackling uh, Kerberos versus Hecate Mm -hmm. for our ongoing series of friendly little tea soak talks at the Velvet Casket in Austin.
1: Yes, I'll be talking about this will probably come out after my introduction to psychopomps. I think so. That's okay. But but then we'll have definitely one on the voodoo, Haitian voodoo loire. There's a lot of psychopomps in Haitian voodoo there, tradition. There are.
2: So search for us at Gathonic Salon on Facebook. And uh, I suppose that we will see you in hell.
1: Yes. Yes, we will. Okay. And don't, you know, don't trust Jesus when he tells you to stand on the devil's neck yeah it's all don't
0: trust victoria when she tells you to stand the devil's neck <laughs> i mean let's not limit this
1: it's all this. for it's all for the lol's
0: and put hell back where you found it yeah honestly
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> right that's right
2: This podcast is copyright 2023 by The Dispatchist and is Creative Commons. You're welcome to reuse with attribution. Look for us on your favorite podcast app. Say hi to us on Twitter or Gmail at The Dispatchist, spaces. Check out our website, dispatch.ist, for episodes, show notes, and a variety of hellish resources.